Hey everybody, Alan here. Real quick before we get started, we had some technical difficulties with Ryan's microphone this week. We did not realize this until after we were done recording, and so we could not fix it. I did clean it up the best that I could in post. Uh, hopefully it doesn't bother you too much. We still have a great episode talking about the sandlot ahead for you. Um, so we do apologize for the inconvenience with the uh, lackluster sound quality, but I still hope you enjoy the episode. So anyway, here it is. Friends this summer. Meet Scotty Smalls. Can I get it? <laughs> the kid is a L7 weenie. My life's over. Now he's in. Yeah! All right! With the coolest guys in the neighborhood. They've got the look. Wendy Peppercorn. Wow. Hey, girls. They've got the moves. <laughs> They've got the rap. Blockhead. Geek. Jerk. Idiot. Moron. You bob for apples in the toilet. And you like it. You play ball like a girl. Something else has got their ball. That wasn't my ball! Dad's father gave it to him. Babe Ruth signed that ball. Babe Ruth! We gotta get that ball back. You got any bright ideas? Hey everybody, welcome to the Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today we're taking a look at the 1993 baseball film, The Sandlot. This is a film that Devin and I had never seen, Correct. Correct. But Ryan has. So uh, I'm going to let Ryan take point on this one. So take it away, Ryan. Just like Alan was saying, um, uh, The Sandlot is a, uh, is a baseball film. And the reason why I selected it for, for this episode is because originally the 2020 baseball season was supposed to start <laughs> earlier this week. Uh, and that we're recording. But for obvious reasons and for good reasons, they didn't. And they're holding it off. So I'm crossing my fingers that we'll have a season at some point. But if we don't, we don't. And we'll be better off for it in the long run if it doesn't happen. Um, but anyway, uh, my relation to uh, to this film goes back to when it came out, basically. Uh, in 1993, my parents moved from St. Louis into Pennsylvania. And I was surrounded by baseball as a kid in the city of St. Louis. And then we moved to Pennsylvania. We're a little bit further outside of a major city with a team. Um, and the movie was, I was able to kind of still experience talking to classmates about baseball and like the goofing back and forth about it through, uh, uh, through, uh, through this film. And as, and as an adult, I see this movie the way people look at Christmas story as kind of a way to like, remember your childhood per se. Um, so that's my interaction with it. Uh, how did you guys feel about it? Devin, you can go first. <laughs> All right. So first off, I saying I've never seen this movie before, I think it's a little bit of a, a lie or a misnomer. I've seen parts of it before a hundred thousand percent, like the part where he pretends to drown. I literally, I, I knew that scene. I don't know when I've seen it or where I've seen it, but I know I've seen that scene before. Um, and I think even the part, the, the, forever like i've seen that and i love that like i'm pretty sure um, i've seen you reference that before i have and also i didn't know you're killing me smalls didn't know it was from this 
Uh, I've just heard like these references are so ingrained in our cultural zeitgeist at this point that I didn't realize I was referencing these movies or this movie when I was referencing this movie. Yeah. Um, overall, I think this is okay. So the movie is executed well. Um, there's a lot of it that I do like about it, but I think overall my only critique of it is like me with rom-coms right now. I don't think I'm a fan of the Bill Dungsgrim genre at all. I, I think the whole like narrator like telling a story about his life and growing up, I think that concept jumped the shark for me when I went through my Happy Days binge um, or, or How I Met Your Mother Ruined It For Me. Uh, it's one of those two. But for some reason, the format of Wow, what a crazy summer we had back then. Insert shot of kid with Coke bottle glasses. Like for some reason, just like just I, I can't I don't know, I can't I can't do it with some of those movies sometimes. And it might be a genre thing like me with rom coms. But I wanna explore that because I want you guys to change my mind about this movie. I wanna do the classic the classic you have to watch this podcast turn of Devin started out not liking this movie, now he appreciates it. Well, I mean, for one thing, it was made in 1993, so you've got to give it, you know, some leeway for being at that, at, for being as old as it is. Well, this is what I had a lot of questions about, actually, because the more I thought about this movie after I watched it, the more I was like, and we can explore this later, but the more I was yeah. like, this movie is a genre, like it's a genre type of movie that I don't see done anymore. And I think they were really big in the 90s because I remember like this one, uh, Jack was a little bit like this, uh, like Pan was even a little bit like this, Stand By Me was like this, Hearts in Atlantis was like this. Like this seems like a genre piece. And and I don't know if they make good versions of the genre anymore. And, and I want to talk about that a little bit more, but I want to hear what Alan liked about it or thought about it. <laughs> okay, so... I'm right. I'm with Devin saying that I've never seen this is a lie because I have seen bits and pieces of this movie because and I think Devin and I were in the same boat because this was on TBS all the time. So like Saturday afternoon, I'd be home and just like this was on TBS. And there's nothing else on. So I'm going to watch this baseball movie for five minutes. So I've seen pieces of this movie. I've seen like the puppet of the of the beast and all of that, <laughs> um, but I could never get into it. And full disclosure, like I planned on watching this movie last night, but I came home from working my essential job and I was like, I'm not in the mood. Like, it's not going to be fair to this movie to watch it now. Uh, <laughs> it's not going to be fair to Ryan because I don't want to be like, I hated this movie um, because I was in a bad mood. So I waited until this morning to watch it and I was in a better mood and I still didn't like the movie. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and I. I think there's a lot that we can unpack here. Like it's therapy for me later on, but um, yeah, I, I, I feel like if I had enjoyed the movie growing up, I, I would see what you see, yes. but since I didn't, I don't. Well, here's my thing. I think that struck me the most about all of this is Ryan almost to a T described the first part of this movie as his life when he was introducing this movie. Mm hmm. Like, I mean, but only like reversed, like you were the baseball kid in the non-baseball town versus the non-baseball kid in the baseball town. Yeah. But like, I'm sure this hit a lot of those notes for you, didn't it? Oh, yeah. Tons. I mean, it's like growing up in St. Louis. So, well, around St. Louis. So to give the listeners an idea, 
my uh, I was eight years old in 1993. And that's when we moved to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, which is an hour away from Philly. Philadelphia is a big sports town. The Phillies are huge. Um, but I would venture to say that the St. Louis Cardinals are a lot bigger in St. Louis than, than the Phillies are in Philly just because of the lack of professional sports teams. And St. Louis, for a long time, was known as, like, like the heart and soul of baseball for a while. Um and so, like, you'd go to school, people would probably be talking baseball. Like, you go to preschool, kindergarten, I mean, for uh, kindergarten, preschool, first grade, second grade, like, you knew who, you know, like, you knew who the starters were. You knew if they won or lost the night before. So, I mean, it was huge. And then moving into an area where it was, like, people cared about the Eagles as much as they cared about the Phillies. Or people cared uh, about the Sixers and the Flyers as much as they did about the Phillies. Um, and so this was a movie that I could watch that kind of like put me back in that like, you know, having friends that I talk to every day about the sport. And even though I mean I was terrible at baseball, I'll fully admit it. I loved, I loved it as a kid and I loved playing, but I was horrible. Um, yeah. But it just like seeing how those kids interacted, the goofing around, like – that's what I remember doing. That's re- I mean, that's really cool. Um, and I, I had a little bit of that a lot of the time with this movie because I, I too moved around a lot as a kid. Um, I didn't have necessarily baseball to connect me to a lot of people, but I would kind of hop from place to place to place. My, when I was growing up, my family moved once every two years to a new school district. And, um, I do remember like being the awkward new kid and especially that part where like, he doesn't quite like know that he's playing baseball with them, but he like kind of like shuffles himself out to the backfield or the outfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's outfield. Uh, and, um, <laughs> like just like a ball gets thrown at him and he does the most embarrassing thing. Like that's like the story of my life. And like that part of the movie I connected with so hard where I was like, yeah, that's, that's little Devin. But my life would have taken a turn where he doesn't ever leave his room with his erector set slash video games and just cries every night. Not I'm getting back up and you know, the older kid's going to teach me. Yeah. Well, I kind of had a moment like that. I mean, I was on, uh, I was on a little league team and I was, and I played in the outfield and I had a lot of medical issues up until that Mm -hmm. point. So I wasn't the strongest kid. That's why they had me out in the outfield because I didn't have the arm to like throw the ball that quick. Well, the ball was hit my way. I went to the fence. I looked out, and I had, like, tunnel vision. And the first baseman looked like an ant, and I thought I was a lot further away from first base than what I was. And I saw the center fielder next to me, and I thought to myself, I'm never going to – I'm not going to be able to throw it the first. I'm going to throw it to the center fielder, and he could throw it the first. And he wasn't expecting me to throw it to him, and I did. And I totally had that moment of like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> oh no. So, I've had that I in mean, every sport that I played, like every sport, like I was the outfielder fielder in baseball. I have horror stories of playing football, but little league just is like, I, I have some trauma from little league. Really? Because yeah. I mean, I had the same. Like, I was in Little League too, and was put on the team of. So, like, they did like a draft for our Little League team, and I was put on the team of people nobody wanted, plus the coach's son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, 
Yeah, in that way. I mean, and I have like a like I have like fun, stupid memories from it. Like I was the kid they always put in the outfield, and then every time I was up to bat, they always made me bunt. Uh, and man, I would never make home runs, but boy, did I get onto first most times. Uh, so. I feel like I need to clarify because I said I had like trauma from Little League. It's not like anything yeah. horrid and all of that, but like I, I was catcher. And I, to this day, I don't know if it just wasn't written in the policy or if my parents just didn't want to buy me one, but I was catcher without a cup. And twice. <laughs> That's on your parents. Yeah, twice I had to be taken out of the gear because of accidents. So we actually have your parents on the line now, Alan. Let's talk about this. (laughs) Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Why did did you do this for me? Yeah. See, prior to, prior to going into the outfield, I was catcher. Oh, and I loved that position. I loved catcher so much because I was right in the middle of it because I could throw to the pitcher that was perfectly fine. And I could catch. It was just as I got older, you had kids who were better at the position than just everybody kind of being on the same level. So, you know, but still, yeah, no, I, I know, I know in the league that I played for, if you didn't have a cup, you didn't catch like period. Wow. Well, I played for, uh, Newville little league and it was, um, not the classiest organization at the time. <laughs> so I, I, I honestly, I don't know. Eventually they got me one. Um, oh, good. I was yeah. really worried for you. <laughs> but Alex. then the season was over and then never played baseball again. So. Oh, uh, yeah. I, so, I mean, that's the one thing this movie did is it, it reminded me a, that I was in little league at all in the first place. It reminded me like the parts of little league that I actually did like. That's good. And like, that was cool. Like it hit a lot of, and like <clears throat> the other one, um, they went to the pool and I had like that pool, like not necessarily that one, but like I had that pool that like in the summer, like everybody went to and like you go and you see all your friends from school there and it was the cool place. Like I've had that too. And like it brought back a lot of that stuff that I did really like. Did you walk around the pool hitting on all the high school girls, Devin? No, I was the kid. <laughs> no, I was the kid that was afraid to take his shirt off at the pool. But his aunt and mom made take the shirt off, so I would take my shirt off and then run as fast as I could into the pool, and then never leave until we had to go home. I was that kid. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. It's a good time. Okay, so uh, when it comes to the different characters, when it comes to the kids, I think I have an idea about about who you guys are going to say. But who did you connect to the most? That's a really good question. I connected to, and this is going to, this might be the different, a different opinion. I connect to the kid with the Coke bottle glasses the most. I forget his name. Specs. Is that his name? Bex? The kid with the glasses? Specs. Isn't it like Specs or something? Specs. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it is Specs. Yeah. Yeah. I connected to him the most. For the main reason that whenever they were doing the big, like trying to get the ball back from um, back from the neighbor's yard, I would have been the one just calling it out. Like I wouldn't have wanted. What is it? Squints. 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 That's it. Yeah. I wouldn't have been the guy that wanted to like, like 
you know, be in the danger. I would have been the guy that wanted to build the thing. I would have been the guy that like wants to look through the hole and tell them when they're okay to do their thing. That's my job. That's my guy. <laughs> Does it make me sound bad if I say I didn't identify with any of these kids? Was there anybody that you did in the movie at all? Um, no, I, I did not like the kids at all. Like a lot of their acting was just really bad kid acting. And I just, it took me right out of it every time they, they were like overreacting to everything. And I get that's the the point of the story and that it's all like exaggerated because it's from the memory and like the dog was never actually that big and like their reactions probably weren't that big, but it just took me out of it every time. I liked the catcher. Um, I liked him. Ham. Ham. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't really identify with any of them. Okay. I not. Okay. So not even, not even main character guy who is like, Oh, I got this ball from this girl named Ruth. <laughs> and everyone's like, babe, Ruth. And like, cause I've been that dumb kid all of the time. Well, I'm just smarter than you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. No, I, I didn't identify with that aspect of his character. If anything, I identified with the, oh, no, I messed up and now I have to deal with it and try to fix it before I get in trouble thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but my dad never had like a Babe Ruth signed baseball or anything. It was like a here. Here's this Michael Jordan baseball card in like protective plastic that you can have. And I still have. Wow. Yeah. People thought that that was going to be worth a lot of money one day. (laughs) Is it not? No. Oh, Michael Jordan. I mean, mainly for two reasons. One, he never really made it to the main. I mean, he didn't play long enough for one. And it was more of a novelty because he left like, he went right back to basketball and two, oh, sure. the trading card market for baseball cards collapsed like 12 years ago. <laughs> oh, Thanks, did it really? Pokemon. Yeah. Hmm? Oh, cause I know. Thanks people still Pokemon. Cards. Yeah, no, I mean people trade and buy and that's fine. I mean, I have an Ozzy Smith rookie card that I spent $45 on. Is it really worth $45? No. Is it worth $45 to me? Yes. So, I mean, okay. the whole card trading like thing that collapsed like 12 years ago. So, I mean, well, it's because everybody started to realize what made a card valuable and then they just uh-huh. ported them. Like everybody was trying to get Griffey cards, Griffey oh, Jr. cards, and they would sure. hoard them. And then before you knew it, they're just, they, they were flooded the market and they, they were worth right. nothing. And that just started happening to like all of the modern day players. As Ryan's talking, I'm pulling out my giant non-sports trading card book that I have almost full <laughs> of everything. Do you have Pokemon from... cards in there? No, they get their own book. Of course, but they I do, do have Pokemon cards. Well, so hold on. While we're on the top of cards, Ryan and while Alan's pulling his thing out, yeah, his cards out. Hey, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ryan. What? Okay. So when um, Babe Ruth showed up in um, older kids' room. He took a baseball card and said, I don't know why I need this. I feel like I should have it. He and broke his own record. That was it. Okay. I'm like, I know this is funny to me. I don't know yeah. why this is funny to me. He broke his home run record. That's what Got happened. it. Okay. That's funny he, then. And when he grabbed his card, that was well before that actually happened. 
Oh, okay. Because, so it was like because this movie takes place in 1962, the summer uh-huh. of 1962. It, it, he didn't break his home run record until like the early 70s, I think. I might be really off on that. It was sometime in the 70s, I believe. I mean, I'll buy that. I just like it was just one of those things where I'm like, why is this like? I know this is a reference to sports. I just am not getting it. So the actor who played um, Babe Ruth, I know from another sports movie. Have you, guys, have you guys ever seen The Replacements with Keanu Reeves? Yes. No. Um, he plays one of the coaches in that. Uh, I might, we might have to make Devin watch that. Ryan, what do, we you do th- it? Ryan, what do you think of The Replacements? It's one of my, it, it's one of my more favorite football films. Okay. He's also in the uh, Chevy Chase, Jonathan Taylor, Thomas movie, um, Man of the House. Oh, I he, didn't know that was a movie. Uh, you're better off. It's got, it's got, <laughs> it's got them, and then like the other parent of like the Boy Scout troop is Norm from Cheers. Oh, Norm. Yeah. Um, and then Farrah Fawcett is the mom. It's it's weird. He's she's the mom from Norm from Cheer. Of no, from she's Cheers? the mom of che- of um, not Chevy Chase, uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Chevy Chase is like oh. the stepdad, and oh. they like don't get along. So yeah, that's I. So okay, while we're on that topic, I did really like that part of this movie. I like the whole tension between like dad and like step or stepson, and like that. I liked how that was played out, and I liked. Yeah. Like his description of like we were still feeling each other out. Like that's absolutely a thing. Yeah, and and, and that's one of the things that, that I really liked about this film is that it didn't like the, the narrator talked about how he felt as a kid, and you know somebody who's in seventh or eighth grade, like people think, oh, you know, he's a kid. But I mean, kids, that's how you feel, and that's what I really liked about it. Like it, it didn't sugarcoat feelings. And it didn't, like, notch down, like, the embarrassment, the anger, um, the, the, the joy for these characters, just because they were kids. Like, they were appropriate for their age. Just like with uh, <laughs> with uh, uh, Squints and his, uh, his crush. <laughs> <laughs> Which... Uh, Prior to getting in further into the film, uh, watching it uh, is the first time I've kind of realized that there's a lot of issues with this film for people nowadays. I could definitely, definitely feel comfortable saying that. Um, mm. I wanted to ask you guys about that. Were there any parts that you were like, uh, I mean, the, the lifeguard scene, I think is the biggest one for me where he just like opens his eyes and winks to his buddies. And I was like, yeah, no, <laughs> like <laughs> I get that. It comes across as it's supposed to come across as charming and fun. Cause they're kids, but it doesn't come across like that in 2020. Oddly enough. I think the part of that scene that confused me the most was like, like her looking back at him after they left, like, Oh, you, I was like, I think he technically just assaulted you, and you look charmed. Oh, no. Yeah. That's what you get for uh, having 
a, a story from 1993 that's narrated from 1962. And then, I, oh, yeah. To me, that's where that, you know, like, is. I mean, at the same time, too, like, like she kicked them out. They threw their stuff out on the sidewalk. Like, they were banned yeah. for the rest of the summer. So, I mean, they definitely got punished for it. Mm-hmm. But Granted, if you pay attention to the end he narration. should have gotten a lot more. But if you pay attention to the end narration, they got married. Exactly. And they had nine kids. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, because I mean, when they first introduce her, uh, like she smiles at him. Like she knows yeah. that he's looking at her and she still smiles back. And she's like, what, probably like 18, 19 years old. And he's an eighth grader. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I was wondering about the ages in this movie because some of them seem like so dramatically young, and then like the the main guy seems like he's like in his twenties. <laughs> oh, you mean Rodriguez? Yeah, yeah, the older kid. Yeah, yeah. No, see, that's one of those things where that's where you get that age difference between, or that like growing difference between like kids at the same age. Because you go through and you look at, you know, Smalls, the main, you know, the main one, and you can see, yeah. like, he looks like he belongs in, like, sixth or fifth grade. But then you see Rodriguez, and it's like, he could, you know, he's, he could definitely be the oldest one of the group, or he could be the youngest. It's just because, you know, people, you know, people grow up differently at the same age. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's true. Yeah, I I think the movie does, and I don't know where this falls into the timeline of like movies about kids like being remembered from like an adult, and like, and to some degree, like I think even Stephen King's It does a little bit of this too. But like, I feel like the group composition of these like young kids is almost always the same. Like, I feel like there's like kid with like Coke bottle glasses. There's like adorably fat kid. There's like nerdy kid and like small new kid. And I feel like that's – I mean because that's how – I think that's how Pan was, right? Like in Pan, there was like kid that looked way older okay. than everyone else. There was like really small kid. There was like adorably fat kid. When you say Pan, you mean Hook? I mean Hook. I absolutely okay. mean Hook. I don't think Pan's even a thing. Pan is a thing. It came out oh, a few years the, ago. Nope. I mean Hook. Yeah. Wrong okay. side of that. That's fine. Okay. So um... – is with that out of the way, and the part that kind of gets to me a little bit mm-hmm. is the insults back and forth, which is something for a movie being depicted in 1962. This is completely accurate to like the type of stuff that they'd be like back at each other. Um, but you know, going back and forth, the whole like you throw like a girl, or like you play like a girl. I, oh yeah, it got to that comment. I'm just like, Ugh, you know. But it, again, this movie takes place in 1962. These all of these kids are in seventh or eighth grade, so those are exactly the type of insults that you'd be getting. So yeah, that, that's and that scene was ad libbed, by the way, between those two kids. Oh, that's cool. Except for that I, last I, insult, none of that was scripted. I appreciate that. I like that a lot. So you keep saying it's in 1962. I think yeah. I didn't pick up on that because I think a lot, aside from like, like some of the background music. Or like some of like the transitional music and some of the clothing style, like this, the time period kind of seems timeless, and I think that's an intentional choice by the filmmakers, because like I think you're supposed to put yourself in these kids' shoes, 
like more so than you are supposed to be like, wow, look at these old kids in this old time period. Yeah. Right. Like, am I getting the right vibe there? Or like, did I completely miss the mark on like, because I know we talk a lot about like whether or not it feels like the time period in this. To me, it does. Oh, yeah. Like the the cars in the background, the clothing styles, the the music, uh, the bathing suits at the pool. This all screams early 60s. And I'm just saying 1962 because that's what it says on IMDb. And like the little like short thing. Yeah. But I mean, this movie to me screams early 60s, late 50s. Yeah, I, I picked I picked up on I thought it was the 50s, but 62 makes sense because 62 might as well still be the fi- the 50s. So <laughs> yeah, I watched I mean, yeah, watch I know how, I, mean, I know how much they overlap. I mean, like the 60s. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the, the the 60s really didn't start being the 60s until like 1964, 1965. So, but um, but yeah, but uh. This, what uh, what did you guys think of the whole predicament with the dog and the story behind it and how they were freaking out over it? It rang so true to a lot of the stuff that like happened in my life growing up that like I I believed a lot of it. I mean, like <laughs> I believed them taking this like normal thing and blowing it really big out of proportion because they're yeah. kids. Mm-hmm. Like I had that when I grew up I, in my grandma's old house. There was the man in the hole. And it was apparently some guy that was helping to build the house, fell in a hole and got cement poured on him and he died. And then he haunts the house. I mean, none of that happened. But like I, you know, we've we've done that. Like I've done that as kids and like the whole like, you know, they locked him up and he's so dangerous and he ate people and he's, you know, he has to be locked up forever. Like, yeah, that all that all pans out for me. And even like them catching glimpses of him and him being this monstrous, overly sized thing at first confused me and I was like, okay, is he a puppet? Like, what is this dog? <laughs> but like, I, I get it. Cause like they're little kids and they're blowing him out of proportion now. And I yeah. think that tracks well. Okay. Yeah, he looked like the, the puppet dog that they have on Sesame street. What's his name? Barkley. I didn't know it a puppet dog. It's been a while since I watched Sesame street, but I think that's right. Um, <laughs> And by a while, I mean, I, I watched it this morning. That's how I'm getting through the whole quarantine thing is. Who doesn't? Big Bird and Elmo. Uh, I mean, I have HBO. Why, why shouldn't I? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like that the the dog thing, the dog was so overdramatic until you actually see it. Like, And even when you do actually see it, like they emphasize it a little bit more until it actually breaks loose and he, it, like he jumps the fence and then you see the dog face to face for the first time, not, not through the lens of this fence, but like with your own eyes. I, I like that yeah. whole aspect of it. The whole, um, the whole, we're going to go get the ball out. Montage gave me strong honey. I shrunk the kid vibes. <laughs> like oh they, yeah. Like they all like, especially when they, they hoist the kid up in that like <laughs> harness. And, um, like I just pictured that does uh, look Rick similar. Marinus. Yeah, I just pictured Rick. That Marinus does look really that. similar. Yeah. All right, so here's gonna be my first dumb like nitpick with the movie. Okay. That scene when they hoist the kid up and he's like screaming, he's like wah wah. I mean, by the way, that montage is like 30 minutes of kids screaming. Mm-hmm. But like in the middle of montage of kids screaming, they hoist him up. He's screaming, his arms are flailing, and halfway through it, he goes. what the hell was that i paused it and went back and watched it again why did he do that because he was just freaking out it was just a (laughs) it was just a dumb kid thing 
Yes. Next time I'm freaking out, I'm just going to stop everything and just go. Like, here's the guys way I want it. Here's the way that I always saw that because I picked that up even, even when I was a kid. I mean, things were so things, things, things were different. Slang was different. The way you would like freak out or, you know, like yell. I mean, now it was like kids in high school yell like yeet. Whenever they want to like, uh, throw something, you know, or whatever. So no, I mean, need to be old. I'm pretty sure and, they yell Colby or Kobe, or at least they did. I don't know what what it is anymore. Okay, so but I mean, so so there's that. I I know when was it? Uh, I was in high school. It was oh my bad and fat, P H A T. Yeah, like fat and like my bad and stuff like that. So, and I know that Keen was a slang term in like the 50s or the 60s or something like that for, you know, instead of cool, it was keen. Um, So I'm thinking like the whole like thing was him like, you know, freaking out. He's scared, but he's not really that scared. So it might've been some type of like slang thing of like just wanting to get out of a situation or something. So I I never really thought about it. Let me, let me clarify what you're saying right now. Since 1962, slang has developed from to yeet. I don't even know if the thing is actually slang or not, but I'm just saying. Like, it might have been something that that kid did whenever he got panicked. Make great again. Like, that's what that's the new goal of this podcast. Guys, we can bring it back. Yeah. I'll do it every time I like a movie. No. No. <laughs> well, you saying no only makes me want to do which it more. Is, yeah, which is why Devin hasn't done it yet this episode. <laughs> so, so, uh, so there's that. Now, when it came to the actual, like, the fact that this was a baseball movie, um, did you guys get anything out of it? Did you learn anything? Was there something that, like, you kind of look at different through it or no? Uh, having seen Field of Dreams before this. Okay. I... I find myself asking, like, why was James Earl Jones in every 90s baseball movie except for Angels in the Outfield? We want answers, Ryan. He probably likes baseball. I, I, I don't mean, know. Yeah. He's probably a big fan. <laughs> I, I'm serious. My, big, my biggest complaint about this movie is I could have used more of James Earl Jones. And I could say that about a lot of things. Uh, maybe not last year's Lion King remake, but... A lot of other things. <laughs> so to your point, Ryan, the one – OK. So I thought about it too like while we're on this podcast. This might be the first baseball movie I've seen all the way through. I've never seen Field of Dreams. Um, I think the closest thing I've come is Signs is the closest <laughs> thing to a baseball movie I've seen. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sw- swing away, no. Devin. Swing away. <laughs> I'm just shaking my head. I'm just shaking my head. But this might be the first full-on baseball movie I've seen. And I think the part that I took away the most from it wasn't necessarily the stats because they talked a lot about Babe Ruth and, like, how big of a deal he was. And I knew he was a big deal. Yeah. Um, It's – when I think of sports, I always think of the rivalries and the tension that it causes and people being really hateful about it. But not a lot focuses on the – how it can be this connective tissue in people's lives. Uh. And, and I thought that was the one takeaway that I thought was really cool about it. How like a sport could literally be like the thing that brought you together and the thing that kept you together was like this 
thing that you did in this sport and your mutual love of that. And I like that. Yeah. And, and to the point of, like you said about the whole, like the, the whole rivalry thing and like the, and like the hatred part of it. Yeah. There's a lot of misconception about that because like, I mean, as we're recording, I'm wearing a Cardinals hat. I've got Cardinal stuff hanging up, you know, in the room that I'm sitting in. Most yeah. of my family, extended family, are Cubs fans. The St. Louis Cardinals and Chicago Cubs are the next greatest rivalry in baseball after the Yankees and Red Sox. Oh, wow. And there's no real hate. It's more just like friendly hazing because we enjoy the sport, and that's why we watch it. The fact that I'm a Cardinals fan and they're Cubs fans has to do with what team we started liking as like five-year-olds. Because, I mean, to be honest, you run into a fan of any team and they're like a real fan of that team. More than likely, if you talk to them, it was their favorite team when they were seven. Oh, wow. So, I mean, it sticks with you. And so there's that. And what I love about this movie is that you had Rodriguez was wearing the L.A. Dodgers hat. Mm -hmm. And then you had uh, Kenny um, or Ken, the uh, the pitcher. Yeah. He was wearing a Kansas City Royals hat, which, not Kansas City Royals, Kansas City Monarchs. The hat that he was wearing was for the Kansas City Monarchs, which was the Negro League that Jackie Robinson was on before he was called up to play for the Dodgers. Oh, I had no idea. Well, not before he played with the Dodgers. That was the team that he was on before getting into the Dodgers organization. So there was a subtle nod to, to Jackie Robinson in the movie with him wearing that hat. Um, but then you had, uh, the real tall skinny kid, like the geeky looking one. Oh yeah. Him. He was wearing a Los Angeles angels hat. So uh. those were two teams playing within the same city that, 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 that two teams playing in the same city that should be rivals. But yet mm-hmm. you've got these two people wearing these two different team hats and from the same city and they're playing on, you know, they're friends. Yeah, because it's the sport that brought them together. It's not driving them apart, and so I feel like there's a lot of misnomer on that one. That like, I mean, yeah, you're gonna get your like idiot hardcore fan that hates anybody who doesn't like their team, and they're idiots, flat out morons. I'll say it right now. <laughs> and I think maybe just because like the rivalry part of it just makes better news is it the does. only reason why like, that's like percolated into my existence. Because like, yeah, you know, hey, these two people got along because they like the same team isn't like a good news story, but like. Hey, they beat this guy outside of a rivalry game is like what I start hearing and like that kind of stuff. Like, was it those, uh, I forget of who it was. It was either Dodgers fans or Giants fans beat the other fan to death outside the, the stadium a few years ago. Yeah, I've heard about that. And I've also heard about like the one guy that like caught a fly ball out towards him that probably would have been an in-stadium home run, but then he made it an out of like an out of field home run by catching it. And then like he received death threats and like, he thought he was just catching it because it's the fun thing to do at a baseball game. He didn't realize he like really messed the team up. Do you remember like, what, I, what the story was around that? Cause there's a documentary uh, about the guy who did it. who's a Cubs fan, but I'll, I'll digress on that. I think it was him. And if there's a documentary, I want to watch it. Cause that seems really interesting. You have Disney plus you bought the package. Yeah, that documentary ESPN is on ESPN Plus. Okay. Look up, uh, look up thirty for thirty films. You'll find it. Okay, because I have so much sympathy for that guy because that's what I would do. He wasn't is... even the one that originally caught it. Oh no, that makes it yeah. worse. No, yeah, no, no, no. It's absolutely horrible. But anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um. 
what did you guys think of the chewing tobacco thing with, with the kids? Full disclosure, I uh, was working working while I was watching this, so I kind of missed what they were doing. And then I, re- I had to rewind a bit. I was like, oh, chewing tobacco made him that sick. Okay. <laughs> oh, that scene made me physically ill to watch. Okay. I don't know if I was like more in – I was probably more in the movie than Ryan was, or than Alan was. But like <laughs> I knew where it was headed the second they were like, we have chewing tobacco. It gives you so much energy. I'm like, no one's used chewing tobacco here. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> uh, and then like the second they're like let's go in the tilt world i'm like this is gonna end in tears and then mm-hmm. their faces and then like just the i don't know like the viscosity and consistency of the like fake puke they used like i got physically ill watching it and it was covering them when they were coming off too. it was i've been in that situation before in knobles and like it just it brought all that back up again like oh no <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean it's there's a lot of stuff in here that like pinpoints to a lot of people, you know, like you've got a bunch of kids who aren't supposed to be using that stuff and they do, and they end up getting sick because they're, you know, because, because they're ignorant of the actual use of it. Especially the sentence when they're like, it's chewing tobacco, you chew. And like, I've never done chewing tobacco before, but I'm like, is that how that works? You can actually learn some, but you spit, they were swallowing. Oh no! That's why they got sick. Ew! That's why there's those spit pins and like you know those like spit buckets and uh, in saloons. That's because you've got to spit that stuff out. What they were they were just chewing and they were just swallowing the saliva that was coming from it, and that's what made them sick. It's making me sick again. It to is. be honest, that just that description. <laughs> that is, I I'm gonna go out on a limb here. That's one of the grossest things no, I think I, I've, I've I agree. seen. I agree. Like, yeah. Just chewing tobacco in general is gross. I mean, if anybody there is a fan of it, that's fine. And that's totally your thing. And that's that's cool. And I, I respect you. But just, like, just, I, I can't do it. I, I could never do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I like power to you. But I not not for me. No, thank you. Ryan, as a baseball fan, have you ever been tempted to try it? Like, because no. I mean, like, I'm sure like growing up, like, I mean, you've seen people do it, though, right? Like even big league chew the gum is supposed to like emulate that. It is. It is supposed to emulate it, but uh, as long as I can remember, even going to games in like 1990 and 1991 with my dad to go see the Cardinals, like I remember there was a giant push by Major League Baseball to get people to stop using Oh, because there are plenty, plenty of major leaguers who have died from like bone cancer in the jaw, who have died of cancer from their gums because of chewing tobacco. And oh, so there no. was a huge push to like get people to stop doing that. Do some major leaguers still do it? Probably. Is it the same amount of ones that were doing it in the sixties? No. <laughs> Boy. I will say one of my favorite things about playing baseball, because I did like did shit on Little League a lot earlier, was big league chew. Like I would always get that at the concession stand because I would play my game first thing in the morning, then we'd have to wait for my sister's T ball game to end. So it always gave me some. Spent a lot chew. of time there. I did. Maybe that's why I didn't like it. I... <laughs> <laughs> so then have you guys on this topic, have you guys ever seen like the beef jerky that looks like the chew then? And it's in like yeah. that little like I'm fake skull hu- can. I'm not a huge jerky fan. I am. <laughs> I like all of the jerky I'm able to eat now. It's all like dried mushrooms and tempeh and stuff, mm. but I like it. Mm. Mr. Los Angeles. <laughs> 
<laughs> but no, it's 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 interesting that like they went through that big push because like I mean even I mean as a strictly 90s kid like i always thought it was just synonymous like if you were into baseball you at least knew somebody that chewed or you chewed or wanted to chew or tried it yeah no it was was, i remember very 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 early on i remember seeing a video of ozzy smith because he was a shortstop for the cardinals at the time i Mm -hmm. i remember seeing a video of him saying not to do it wow when i was like five or six so i know that for a fact that they were trying to push against it you know even that early on. I appreciate that a lot. <clears throat> so. so, so Devin, you said that you think this is the first baseball movie you've seen, right? Yeah. I'm trying to think about other baseball movies I would have seen. Um, I know we've done a few on the podcast. I think we've done one each year. We did 42. We did 42. We did field of dreams. What did we do last year with Devin? Did we do a baseball one last year? I don't believe we did. Okay. And then that's what, that's the one year we didn't do it. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, a little less jokey than signs I've seen Space Jam, and he plays baseball for like all of a second in that. I, I'd say ba- uh, Space Jam is more of a basketball movie. Definitely. Um, yeah. Okay. I So here's a question I want to bring up. Is this movie a baseball movie or is it a growing up movie and baseball is the connecting tissue? Because I think it's a growing up movie. I think it is too. I think it's, it's – Sorry. Go. Uh, it, it uses baseball as like the common thread throughout these kids' lives and it, it brings them together. Kind of like it brings brings these kids together because they're all being haunted by Pennywise. So this mm-hmm. in Sandlot, baseball is the Pennywise. Uh, it doesn't kill anyone. The dog might. But um, it's, it's just like that common thread that brings these kids together and helps them bond this – and form this friendship and it's like what they do over the summer. Cause even when they lose their baseballs, they're still hanging out like up in mm-hmm. the tree house. Um, so yeah, I think it's fair to say this isn't a baseball movie, but at the same time it is a baseball movie. Like there is a lot of baseball history and memorabilia that's thrown around in there. Um, Babe Ruth is mentioned a lot to the point where I wanted a Babe Ruth, baby Ruth bar. um yeah that's my my take on that okay well every single time i've ever seen a list of the top 10 best baseball movies of all time this one's Uh always this film is always in the top three is it you know what you know probably i mean what is what is the best baseball movie from from both of you like give me the best oh i've only seen a I've only seen a few. Ryan probably has a better answer than me. I know when I think baseball, the first thing I think of is the episode of The Simpsons Homer at Bat. <laughs> Not um, Blurns Ball? Because hmm? it's Blurns Ball for me. Bull Durham. What is it? Bull Durham. What's Bull Durham? Bull Durham is a movie about a minor league baseball team. And you've got multiple stories going on. You've got the old veteran who's on his way out, who's being asked to not really be a player. He's there to be a mentor for his last season. You've got the hotshot pitcher who's working his way up to the majors. And you've got uh, the manager dealing with his stuff. You've got fans dealing with theirs. It's a baseball romance type thing. Um, Okay. But I would say it's probably one of the better baseball films out there. Now, Bull Durham... Field of Dreams, 42. Um, you've got this film. 
and it's not really just the mention of stats it's mm-hmm. the romanticizing about the sport and that's Got what it. makes it so like in in a movie that I hope that you see at some point, uh, you've got the main character brings up a few times. It's like, mm-hmm. how can you not be, how can you not be romantic about baseball? And that's what it is for people who are real hardcore fans of the sport. It's the game connects with every aspect of normal day life. Like the game is balanced. It's fair. Um, every aspect of the game, you could make the argument that it's the best thing ever invented by the human race. And that's how I feel about it. And I know that's deep and sounds stupid, but that's how I feel about it. I want to watch more baseball movies. I, I, I think, I think I need to, I mean, I, I, okay. So full disclosure, I'm not like a complete idiot when it comes to baseball. Like I used to live two blocks away from the uh the stadium in pittsburgh yeah and you're like, really close I, yeah and like going to see a pirates game was like you know it was fun like you get i mean even though like I, I i mean for a while i had a little bit of a stake in the team when the team was like just about to do well and they were like you know gunning for the big show but like you know they've definitely dropped off but like i used to like follow them a little bit i used to be like more into it than i am now and used to really enjoy going uh in yeah, I, I can I, – I don't know about saying the greatest thing ever created because, like, um, I don't know, like movies exist or something. That, like I said, it's definitely a personal opinion. Like, yeah. It's a personal opinion of mine, and that's all that is. I'm not saying oh, yeah. that I'm right. I'm just saying that's how I feel. Yeah. I mean, and I, I, think, I think that I would definitely be open to watching more movies along this vein. Also, I lied, by the way. League of Their Own I've seen. Okay. That's it. Took me this long into the podcast. That. Thank you for bringing that up because I feel bad for forgetting that one. I would put that movie up with Bull Durham and uh, as Anne Field of Dreams because again, it's like you've got that point. uh, It's not American history. Like those women loved playing the game, and Mm. that's how they wanted to make their living because they were good at it. Yeah, and and they got that opportunity, and it's just. Every, everything about that movie is excellent. Have you seen their redoing League of Their Own as a, I think, a Hulu series? That'd no. Be cool. Do they need to though? Oh, there's uh, a lot in that vein. There is a lot. Um, in oh, that is history. there really? There is a ton uh, of stuff in that history. I mean, I know that the, they got Darcy Carden from The Good Place. I love Darcy Carden. I think she's like the star of it. So, oh. okay, not upset. There were a ton of teams. There were there were a ton of women. There was a ton of controversy around it. This uh, uh, when they were playing because they played well after World War Two. It's just wow. it, it's just that Major League Baseball couldn't keep the league going uh, financially. Got it. So I so mean, then to not to like abruptly switch topic, but while we're on film genres, I wanted to ask you guys this because I was thinking about it. I don't know if in general I like the growing up movie genre. Okay. I don't I, like a Christmas Carol. I don't like. I mean, there. Are, I. I don't know if I would watch this movie again. It was fine. It executed things well, but I don't know if I'd watch it again. I don't uh, like the the setup and genre here. Okay, so I have. I took some notes when you went on your spe- your spiel earlier. Um, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned Happy Days. Like you went on a Happy Days kick, and you put the this in that vein as well. 
for the life of me, I don't remember there being narration in Happy Days. Because I wasn't, I didn't. No, no, no. It wasn't Happy Days. It was the Wonder, Wonder Years, Years okay. is what I meant. I knew what you yeah. meant. I just wanted to make sure we got there together. Um, uh, no, I saw you make the face, and I was like, I said something wrong. Yeah. And I'm going to call you on it because I'm smarter Good. than you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So do you think it's just like the grown-up narrator talking about the childhood that you don't like? or I think it's a, I think it's a dead genre. I can't, think, I can't picture one movie that's come out of quality now that follows that, that style. Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3 is that style? The whole thing is him narrating from Bruce's couch. Like he's talking about like the year 1999 with New Year's, and then he's talking about everything that happens with the Mandarin. I, I want to rewatch that movie and test that theory because I still don't think it's that style. Okay. I think you're being more specific. Like you're using the example of Wonder Years – Sandlot mm-hmm. Christmas Story. That's a yeah. very specific layout. That's the mm-hmm. movie opening. That's that's the movie opening up either with the grown adult visually and talking, or just talking about how oh so long ago this happened. This is where I was, and then it leads into the story, and then every now and then it breaks off, and the narration happens, and then it goes back to when they were kids again. Yes. So one thing that I think. And Ryan, you can tell me if this is a thing they they did and just it got cut. I find it weird that it just bookends with the future. Like, I wonder if the movie would have benefited from more of the narrator's present day life. Because you just see him go into the stadium and then it's a game and his buddy's playing. But I think it would have benefited a little bit from at least one or two more scenes of them together in the future. I think that that would have been good if the purpose of the movie was different. This film was strictly about as adult baseball fans growing up as baseball fans. And so it was sticking with, you know, showing that he's a broadcaster and then at the very end showing that him and Rodriguez are still friends and they work for the same team granted in different, you know, offshoots, but they're still together. And I feel like those were the two bookends to tell the story about how that friendship happened and showing be like, Hey, this is how we became friends. And Hey, look, we're still friends. And I feel like that's, that's what they were going for. So Devin, I'm trying to figure out what you don't like about these stories. It's just that the narrator knows everything. I don't, it's not that the narrator knows everything. I just think that I don't like, So one of the things that bothered me the most about this movie was the narrator. I think that if this was just a straight movie about kids and me watching the kids, I think that I would have been totally happy with the movie. Not totally happy, but I would have liked it a little better because there are parts when the narrator, especially the first like 10 minutes of the movie, he was like, little did I know they'd get in. I'd get them into the biggest pickle of their lives. I think I know what your your problem is. Your problem is is exposition. Like just the, the narrator just serves as exposition. I, and maybe that's what I didn't like it. Maybe the narrator served too much as exposition and not enough as his own plot or not enough is like anything but exposition in this case. Yeah. And maybe – and I think it's because the exposition he was giving wasn't interesting to me. I mean okay. he did a lot of – like the first 10 minutes was foreshadowing and he did a lot of like 
That's when we made the biggest mistake of our lives. Little did I know we'd be connected in more ways than one. And like most of his stuff was like, eh, eh, it's coming, it's coming. And I'm like, do something else. Because I like narration in movies. Yeah, because we just talked about Scott Pilgrim last week and that had narration, so. Yeah. If you think you saw this when it came out, would you still feel that way? No, I would have loved it when it came out. And that's why when it comes to older movies like this, if I start having a problem and it's an older movie, I'm like, yeah. well, whatever, this movie is from 1987. And then I just stop worrying about it. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, like this, this style of movie was so popular in the 90s. I mean, it was. I, I mean, Goonies, like this is Goonies, but with baseball. Yeah, see, and that's the thing. People always talk about how they like Goonies and I'm not a Goonies person. Hold on. Ryan is a pro- or, uh, Alan has a problem with this and I want to dig into it. That's fine. Okay. Yeah, there, there's no narration in Goonies. Um, <laughs> there's go- not. Th- there, there is a bunch of kids working towards a goal. I'll give you that. Like, yes, this <laughs> I did get Goonie vibes from this, but Goonies never say die, and I, I am 100 percent for the Goonies. Oh, a movie, I, a movie see, my wife has never seen. Somehow, see what thing is with yeah. me. I've seen it. It's just for all of the times that I probably would have seen the Goonies, I watched this. And see, for every time I would have watched this, I watched the Goonies. So that's that's our problem. Like, that's that's why we can't be friends, Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, and I, I think a lot of what I like about the Goonies just comes from, like, Dick Donner. Like, I like the way Dick Donner does his movies. I like Superman the movie. I like Scrooged. I think that's why I like the Goonies. I think I might actually watch the Goonies tonight if I have it. Pretty sure I do. Oh, but yeah. But yeah. So, okay. It, uh, yeah. I mean, did you guys have any questions? Anything you else wanted to talk about? I mean, I've got one. Okay. So, baseball season is on pause. How have yeah. you how have you seen baseball fans filling that hole in their life right now? Like what what's like I I I'm not aware of anything that's going on. I know that there's still some news coming out about players and stuff with other yeah. sports. Like how how are you as a baseball fan filling that hole in your life? Well, for the last two days I've watched every baseball movie I own. <laughs> okay. Because I love that. The Cardinals should have had their opening day. Um, last week, like, they should be playing the Milwaukee Brewers tonight. The game should have started two hours ago. Oh, and wow. this would have been their second series of the season. So, I mean, like mentally I'm ready for baseball. Like okay. this should be happening. So, I mean, I've, uh, um, I've watched this prior to getting it over to Allen. I watched major league. I watched Moneyball. I watched trouble with the curve right now. I'm going through Ken Burns baseball doc that they did on PBS. So, I mean, I'm, that's what I'm doing at the moment that, and a few of the, a few of the pages I follow on Facebook and major league baseball is doing this. They're, uh, they're taking, uh, the show that PlayStation game for major league baseball. Yeah. And they're doing sim games. So they're just putting two teams together and they're just letting it play through because it's something you don't know the outcome of. Yeah. Right. They can play all of the old games they want. Just like on opening day, they they played a ton of important games out of baseball history for the past 10, 20 years. 
And it was this whole, you know, like opening day and, hey, you know, we're not playing games, but here's our best, you know, 30 games from the past 30 years. And, you know, you know the outcome of them. They're fun to watch, but you know the outcome. These simulated games, you don't know what the outcome is. Now, granted, it's not for everybody because it's a video game, but still, it's something. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so... So, so you said you made your way through all of your baseball movies. Have you made it to Homer at Bat yet? I know you've got Disney+. Plus. No, I haven't watched it yet, but but I'm going to. I will. Okay. I have um, seen that episode every, before, though. Every time you've said Ozzy Smith, and I was like, I know who that is because of The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, he so is what is the status player. of baseball right now? Uh, baseball is on hiatus. It is paused. It, is it doesn't have a start date. Just like everything else. It did, technically, but then they pushed it back indefinitely until this whole thing is over with. There are, there are rumors going on, and this is why I said before that it might that we, we may not have a season. Because at some point, you can't play enough games. Yeah. Because part of the, because part of the, because part of the sport is that you've got five pitchers in your rotation. So you've got, you know, five different people that start games, and they each start in a five-game rotation. To be able to get workable stats of how good they are or how they performed, you need a certain amount of innings pitched to get an accurate like sample size of how sure. uh, of how they're doing. They're not going to play a two month season. Oh sure, you don't think they would? Like, not, you don't think they'd make like a special abbreviated season for it just to like to do something? They might do like an expedition, like you know. Sure. And they might be like, hey, we're just going to take a month and we're going to, you know, go to the cities and play games and a baseball you know, battle and come and watch, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, of maybe like celebrating the fact that we're over this whole thing. But yeah. if it turns out that there's not a season this year, I would much rather sacrifice a season and not have, you know, like the possibility of 40,000 people that show up to one game getting sick. That's fair. And that's the right answer here. Good job, Ryan. And I don't want like like I don't want the players getting sick. I don't want potential Hall of Famers to ruin to get their careers ruined because some reporter who wanted to get a scoop on a game and decided not to call off goes into the locker room and coughs once and gets half the team sick. At this at the same time though, like I, I agree with everything you just said, but if we get come out of this in say August and they're able to play, what would it be, like two or three months of baseball at that point? Like, if you could benefit all of those businesses around the stadiums and all the communities that are being affected by this shutdown, because it's not just Major League Baseball, it's minor leagues too. So you have all the, like, yeah. like locally, you have the, the senators who are going to be hurting because, like, all the businesses wrapped around that yeah. like, are going to take and a hit. So, and, like, they don't have Major League money to, to cover it. So it'd be nice to have something just so they can try to make people's livelihoods make it. You know what well, I mean? That's something that the major league clubs are, uh, are, 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 are actively working on at, uh, is at the moment. So like, uh, the senators, I forget who they're affiliated with. Is it Baltimore? I think it might be Baltimore. Yeah. I think it's the Orioles. Yeah. Okay. So, What's happening is that Baltimore Orioles, they've already donated every uh, every team 
at the Major League level has already donated $1 billion to Major League Baseball. And so then $30 million is going to be split to make sure that all of the part-time uh, stadium workers that work during the games get compensated. So they've already done I love that. that. Um, they are working on doing the same thing for the minor league teams. Now, the minor league teams that, that are affiliated with Major League clubs, they will get something. I'm not sure if it's okay. going to be enough, but it's going to be something. I do know that there's players themselves that are actually taking their normal money that they're making still because it's under contract. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, I'll just give an example. Adam Wainwright, who, who pitches for the Cardinals, he donated $250,000 to the minor league players that work in the Cardinals system to help them wow. get through, you know, to help them get through these uh, this time. So, I mean, players are taking care of players. The clubs are taking care uh, um, of who they can. So hopefully the people who work at the stadium in uh, 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 in Harrisburg, hope, hopefully they'll get some help from the Orioles uh, uh, club. But you don't know because, you know, it's, it's tough right now. Yeah. Okay. Good for Devin, them, by the way. De- That's awesome. I really like hearing stories like that. Devin, how has the loss of baseball affected you in your everyday life? <laughs> Didn't even know opening day was supposed to have happened already. Um, uh, oh, no. <laughs> no I, I, I haven't noticed. Everyone who who posted about like Major League Baseball opening day, I just posted the gif of the Simpsons. I think it's Ozzy Smith crying. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, you did. You, you, you did it to me. You did it to me. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's all I've got on the Sandlot. Yeah, I think it's all I have too. I liked. I, I'm glad I got to talk about some of the things I really wanted to talk about there. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I'll ever watch it again, but I'm glad I I saw it to get it off of the list. Um, I'm gonna have to go in and rate it on. Letterbox, I'll probably give it a two stars out of five, but my system's weird. So, <laughs> I mean, here's the thing is, I don't know if I'd ever say I would never watch a movie again, especially if it means so much to to a lot of people. And it's I mean, mm-hmm. this is generally a classic. Like, yeah, like I said, I've seen some of these scenes before I've seen the movie. So like, I don't know I, if I would seek I, it out. Yes. OK, I would never seek the movie out again or don't think I'd seek the movie out again. But if someone had it on, I'd watch it again. I wouldn't like, like if tell were, them to turn it off. If there was like a special event where a baseball stadium was showing it and you could like sit on the field and watch it on the big screen, I'd do that. Oh, that would be so cool. But, um, there, there, are, there have been stadiums who have done that. Yeah. Um, That's cool. I'd probably seek out other baseball movies before this one for that. But, <laughs> um, no, I, I just think my biggest problem with it is I didn't grow up with it. Like, mm-hmm. Like, it's just one of those things that was on when I was bored and I di- couldn't get into. So, I got but, you. Yeah. So, prior to completely signing this off on my end, there's one more question I have for you guys. Okay. Yeah. When did you learn what a s'more was? Oh, like way after the kid in this movie, like way before the kid in this movie did. Yeah. Like, same here. I feel like Whoa. it was like when I was like two, I was like that whole s'more interaction. I was like, dude, what what have you been doing with your life? You don't know what this is. I had to be three or four because I remember it was in my, my family lived in Harrisburg 
and we didn't have a fire, but my mom made them in the oven. Like she put the graham cracker and the chocolate in the oven and then turned on the broiler uh-huh. and then toasted the marshmallow that way. So I remember that. Um, so I was like, three cool. or, I was like three or four. I remember okay. a lot from when I was very little that I probably shouldn't because I'm way too young to remember anything. That was around the time I called 911 to make sure it worked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just this little kid, just checking up on you. Yeah. The cop showed up. That was fantastic. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So for me, I was camping. So just like how the kid did in like a treehouse, I yeah. did a campfire when I was in Scouts. It's like my first year of Boy Scouts because because was was we never went camping as Cub Scouts. So it was my first Boy Scout outing. I mean, I knew what it was. I just never really had one like that. And so then the first time I saw this movie, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was one of those things like, I knew, I knew, I knew what they were before I saw the movie. Then I saw the movie and then I became a scout. Oh. And, then, and then I actually had one at a campfire, you know, even though ham was using a candle. So, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like in, in my mind, like campfire is the best time to have a s'more. Like I've never, like, I don't think I've ever as an adult been like, you know, it's going to go really well with dinner tonight, a s'more and like microwaved it or something like I'll almost only do it when I'm at a bonfire or campfire. OK. OK. Yeah. All right. So that was Ryan's pick for this this cycle. Devin, yeah. you're up next. What are you going to have us watch next week? Uh, we're going to talk about it after because I have a bunch of them I want to I want to ask you guys about. OK. OK. All right. Well, I, that about does it for this week. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, uh, email your comments to you have to watch this podcast at gmail.com. Um, wherever you're listening to this podcast, go ahead and give us a rating and leave a, a review. Um, for you have to watch this podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And we'll see you next week. 